Welcome to the Future of Retail podcast. I am your host, Arif Yahya, and with me today is the Chief Executive Officer of Yuxnet Aporte Group, Nisreen Shair. One late night, we couldn't sleep, so we went on a shopping spree. We asked our partners and our peers about the future of retail and what it could be. Hi. Lovely to see you, Arif. I, I welcome wanted, to our office. I won't say welcome, but like uh, you're actually the ones welcoming us welcome to your offices. Welcome to our offices. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much for having us. It's uh, it's a lovely space. Uh, we're here at Wine Up offices in downtown Dubai. Uh, it's our first time in your office, but uh, it's a, it's a beautiful place. And I have to admit, we were all a bit overwhelmed before coming because uh, you're very well known for your business competence and your your wit, but you're also very well known for your elegance and style across Thank all you. your interviews. So we we tried all of us our best like uh, to well, live I up love, to your standards. I love your shirt. It's <laughs> very you. cool. Thanks a lot. So Nisreen, to, to kick off the podcast together, you know, when you sign up on, on TikTok and you're filling your TikTok account, you write uh, a bio, but you have a limitation in that bio, which is 80 characters. So to ask you to introduce yourself beyond being the CEO of Yuxnet Aporté, how would you introduce yourself TikTok style only within 80 characters? It's a challenge. And if you go over 80 characters, the crew are going to stop us. Okay, cool. All right. So uh, I, I tried my best and here we go. But this perfectly defines me in the okay. best possible way. So I, here's my 80 characters. A 70s girl at heart rocks her flannels all year like she's Kurt Cobain. Amazing. Can we have an applause? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to pick up on you because I saw you cheat, but like, uh, it, it, <laughs> like I know you prepared this, it seems, but, uh, but thank you. I thank you for to. sticking within the yeah. characters. So uh, I love that uh, introduction. So Nisreen, we're going to do a challenge together, a TikTok challenge now. We're going to duet each other. It's called Duet Me, 10 questions, one minute. It's self-explanatory. We have a minute. I'm going to ask you 10 questions and time is going to keep running. Very familiar. Cool. I'm normally so, the one shooting them. Let me know. <laughs> let me know when you want me to start. Go. Nisreen, favorite career chapter, entertainment or luxury fashion? When they came together. Work from home or work from office? It depends. When they're home, I want to run to the office. Who's your idol in business? Richard Branson and my father. Can I convince you to make a TikTok together by the end of this podcast? Absolutely. What's your biggest pet peeve? Cleanliness and tidiness. Do you recommend MBAs or higher education? MBAs if they make you feel better. An industry buzzword that gets on your nerves? Pivot. An industry buzzword that you're guilty of? I'd say, yes, let's do it. Favorite brand within WineApp Group? I love all my children. Your favorite digital destination to understand the cultural zeitgeist? And there's only one right answer to this one. TikTok. Thank you so much. You have 13 seconds left. Fist well bomb. done. Well done. You passed your first TikTok challenge. Happy face. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Nisreen, now we move to a section called POV on. Uh, and uh, today, uh, the point of view that uh, we have uh, chosen is the infinity strategy. Uh, because we've read uh, so much about it and we've heard so much about it. Uh, something that uh, Uxnet Aporte Group is heavily invested in. Uh, so, I'm going to give you a quick break to introduce the infinity strategy and then we're going to deep dive into it to understand your POV. Thank you. So, so YNAP employees are commonly referred to by your global CEO as merchants at heart, technology innovators and sustainability pioneers. 
Shoppers today are much more conscious about the products that they consume. From pre-used and vintage items to low-impact packaging to traceable origins, people have become more conscious of how their lifestyle and shopping habits affect the planet, and they expect businesses to do their part as well. But what exactly does do their part mean? Sustainability is a complex concept, and when it comes to retail businesses, consumers can be quite skeptical, especially in our region. So let's hear more from Nisreen on this. Nisreen, how do you define circular luxury fashion? There's a lot of confusion about what that means or what sustainability means. Essentially, it means that when you buy something, it should last for a very long time. So basically, the anti-high street of buy it and dump it, or it's cheaper to buy something than to wash it, we are against all that. So buy into investment pieces that will last you a long time, like this jacket that I'm wearing. Or uh, the other point would be that something has a second life. So whether it's vintage or whether we buy stock that is a season out or two seasons out, that we merchandise it in a way that makes it appealing to certain people at a discounted price, that saves the landfills. It allows the industry not to dump the excess into the water, into landfills, and then we can't get rid of them. So we've played a very pivotal role. We believe that we've always been pioneers in the industry and we want to continue to be so. But now we've taken steps, many, many steps further. It's like you said, it's in the packaging. It has to be 100% degradable. It's in the brands that we carry, like Net-a-Porter having Net Sustain and so on. So circularity is a big part of everything that we do. And when a lot of businesses say, we're going to be good at X, we're going to be good to our environment, while also being good to our customers. Okay. It's, it really sounds great. Uh, and allow me to just play the devil's advocate here. Like, does this sound good on only on a global level? But like, I, I come from the MENA region, so I allow myself to, to ask a question. Do you believe MENA consumers are interested in sustainability? Are they resonating with the strategy here in the region? Or does this only sound good on a global platform? I like to be, to be told and proven wrong. And I was proven wrong. When okay. I joined this business and we had all of those uh, sustainability sub-franchises, my first thought was, we're not ready. Then COVID happened and we started doing some research and we found out that Net Sustain was our most popular franchise in the region, especially in Saudi. Okay. Uh, some designers like Gabriella Hurst, who's known for sustainability, ranked in one of the top most aspirational designers in the region. Okay. When we did interviews with her, our consumers asked her only about sustainability, how she was manufacturing in a sustainable way. They weren't asking about colors and designs and how beautiful her shops were. They were actually talking about how she was reusing materials. And I thought, wow, we are there. As a region. Definitely as a region in all the markets that we're in. And Nisreen, you mentioned Net Sustain. I know it's one of several initiatives you have as part of your infinity strategy. Uh, when you look at the consumers who are buying into the initiative of Net Sustain, do you find that is there a schism uh, in, in the landscape between consumers who only shop sustainable and consumers who shop the high end fashion that is not necessarily part of that lineup? Or is there, you know, like more fluidity in terms of shopping habits? What kind of shopping pattern do you see in general? Fluidity is the name of the game. So people are shopping across the board. They do not want to be 
uh, identified as one thing or the other anymore. So you will see somebody who's buying into a very expensive gown and they will also be buying into Nut Sustain at a maybe lower price point. Uh, vegan leather, but also real leather. So they're combining the two together. And that makes more sense. I, I, I don't think extremes are healthy. Okay. I think the two have to coexist and they are coexisting. I've been doing an advocating sustainability since 2001. And fashion and sustainable, sustainable fashion in 2001 looked hideous. It never fit well. It uh, The colors were terrible. Today, sustainable fashion looks stunning. What's really important is that the customer wants to know if something's truly sustainable. What they don't like is a company doing something called greenwashing. So they use it as a PR stunt. The customer's very smart and very aware when a company is doing that. They know when it's not really truly part of your roots. And I would say that we're probably one of the few companies in our space who are truing, doing it from the heart all the way to your door. I think Truthfully. as a segue to what you mentioned about authenticity, you have an initiative which is around digital IDs. And uh, for a lot of our viewers and listeners would know that Uxnet Aporte Group combines four big brands under it. So you have Ux, Mr. Porter, The Outnet, and Netaporte. Uh, we spoke about NetSustain, which is under Netaporte, but tell us a bit more about digital IDs, which I'm, I'm familiar that they impact both Ux and uh, the outlet, if I'm correct. Yes. So more and more, and it will uh, go to all, actually it will be applied to, across all brands. But the thing is that the customer wants to know the journey of the product. Okay. All products in your home, you want to know where they came from. You want to know, I was explaining that to my mother just yesterday. I was saying this carpet that you bought, you would want to know if a child weaved it or they didn't. As an example, and now all you do is you just scan the code and you will know where it came from and you will then make that decision whether it's beautiful enough or cheap enough for you to overlook certain elements that a child paid for some, some way, somehow, whether they're education and so on. Uh, so I'm wearing a, uh, a collection that we did with the Giving Movement for Ukes and actually the ID is on the product. Uh, I don't know if you can see it. But then you buy the giving movement. We know in the region that it's a sustainable uh, product. Yeah. But the customers who are buying it globally yeah. can actually scan this product. And what I like about it is it's on the outside of the pants, not on the inside. So you don't have to hide it even. Yeah. It looks cool. My kids were saying, what is that? I want to scan that code. I want to see what it is. And they find out more. So that's something that I would see becoming very much mainstream. And my hope is that it's going to put a lot of pressure on fast fashion to start becoming a lot more responsible when okay. it comes to where the products are sourced, how they're sourced, how labor is being used, not using bonded labor, not using children who need to be in school instead of, you know, in factories and so on. I love this angle because, uh, as you know, the podcast is called Future of Retail. Uh, and when we talk about the future, I, I feel this is an angle that uh, uh, is super interesting because it's uh, it's good for everyone. It's good. It's literally good for the, the planet. And before doing the research and having the conversations with you, I personally wasn't super aware about the correlation of luxury 
specifically luxury fashion, which I had associated with, you know, many different beautiful things, but not necessarily sustainability. So do you feel like the this area of re-loving items that you buy or re-commerce uh, is something that we're going to see continue to expand or is it a trend that might uh, fade away? There's a, uh, weirdly, in the last three days, there have been so many articles in the FT and so on about what's happening with vintage. It, I believe, well, I read this research once that said that uh, People or consumers remember you twice. They remember you when they buy the item and they remember you when they throw away the item. Okay. And if they throw away the item and they've never worn it, then they really dislike where they bought it from. Okay. I won't mention a lot of names, but these kind of like clearances, 90% off all the time, okay. etc. But if you end up buying something you don't need and you buy it because it's cheap, but you never wear it and it's you throw it away, yeah. you will remember that that retailer sold it to you and you never used it. The opposite is true. So back to your question. Now the decision making when you buy something is can I one day sell it? Okay. Uh, especially probably much more in jewelry and high ticket items, but it's become a decision maker. That's why we for us investment pieces have become a big trend because of this kind of second life, uh, third life opportunity. One day I might, if I don't need it anymore, I'm not wearing it, I might gift it, I might give it, I might sell it. Okay. That's a good feeling. It's a reason to invest a little bit more. But yet, without a doubt, it's become a reason to invest a little bit more. I'm, I'm going to try that with my wardrobe, but like I don't know if I'm going to yeah. see a lot of success. Uh, all right, so this was POV on the Infinity Strategy. Thank you so much, Nisreen. It was super enlightening to understand where the group is headed when it comes to the future of uh, retail, specifically in the with the angle of sustainability. We're going to move now to the next section of our podcast, and it's called Heart, Share, Comment. On TikTok, you can either heart a video, you can share it, or you can comment on it. And this is what we're going to do today. We've chosen for you 10 data points. Mm -hmm. uh, all you have to do is decide whether you heart this data point, you want to share it with someone, or no, let's have a debate, you want to comment on it, or you have some questions on it. Uh, ready to start whenever you are? Go. All right, so first data point. There has been a 30% increase in the number of exclusive designs for Neta Porte's collection in this year's Ramadan edit versus last year. I have to comment. It's my moment of pride. So being able to bring on board international designers to design for us is a big deal, but also being able to bring local designers to design for us. Also, Ramadan is me means something different today. In the past, it used to be modest wear. We have to be fully covered, etc. We're beginning to realize that the younger customer or the, does, it's not age even, it's the behavior, they're making modest their own. So we've changed our attitude towards what modest wear means. What I don't like is you market a certain way and then Ramadan comes and you see everybody move toward like abayas yeah. and then they go back to whatever they were doing before. We decided that no, that's not what we're going to do. We're for all seasons and it's part of sustainability as well. I don't want you to wear it only that once a year. I want you to wear it year round. But being able to have a lot of the biggest international designers design for us but also the local ones has been a big success and it's a big uptake. Okay, thank you, Nisreen, for this comment. We're going to move to the second one. Today at WineUp, women represent 62% of the group's employees and 55% of your senior leadership team. And I see a big heart. Big heart. It's the reason I joined. I love it. 
53% of shoppers in the Middle East, North Africa, Turkey region say that keeping up with trends is one of the key shopping triggers that results in them spending more. Heart, because I love that customer. Okay. Uh, in the fashion world, inspiring content encouraged 93% of digital platform users to shop. This is much more so in this region. We are very content driven. We don't like big magazines to read. We like images, we like videos, and we like them fast and snappy, which is why TikTok has been doing so well and doing well for us as well as a platform for the industry because it fits the style of content that our shoppers are looking for at all ages, by the way. Thank you for that comment. So one of the top reasons for shoppers to be open to buying directly from digital platforms is entertainment. And TikTok is twice more likely to be considered entertaining compared to marketplaces. Hard share or comment? I have to comment as well as I'm entertainment and fashion. And more than ever, one without the other does not work. We, we wholeheartedly agree. Uh, 54% of TikTok users read comments before deciding to buy online. I have to share that. With whom? With Inji. With your team. <laughs> uh, TikTok users are twice more likely versus other platform users to feel excited or euphoric about a purchase. Heart. 76% of social or video platform users in the United Arab Emirates say that TikTok creators lend believability to fashion brands that they are unfamiliar with. Wow, that's such a lovely one. Um, I would say that this I would share, but I would share it with um, a slew of, of designers who we work with. Okay. To try to try TikTok out as a platform. Thank you for sharing that. So luxury represents $5.4 billion in a $64 billion retail market, making the United Arab Emirates one of the highest spending markets in the whole world. Heart and the reason why I left New York to join the fifth capital of fashion in the okay. world. Okay. Uh, 72% of discovery during Black Friday takes place online. I also have to share that and I have to share that not just with my team, I feel I need to share it with all the teams I've worked with in the past. Because for me, Black Friday was always a controversial time of year. Does it cheapen the brand or it doesn't? Today, it's just a way of life. Okay. All right. It's, and it's no longer Friday. It's, a, it's an entire month Absolutely. of sales in the region. Yes. And it's positive and happy and it's come a long way. All right. Thank you, Nisreen. This was hard share comment and you have passed all the tests yes. so far. Thank you. So uh, we're going to move to a section that is uh, very dear to my heart. Yes. Uh, and I hear that uh, you have a very special relationship uh, with this lady uh, in your uh, household. So this section is called Sound On. Because what is a TikTok podcast without sound? Uh, we're going to hear some quotes from you. Yes. But in the voice of text to speech, which I hear you're familiar with. Yes, she has lunch with me. She has dinner with me. She goes out with me. Yeah. Do you, do you leverage her in uh, special ways uh, at home to get I'm going to start leveraging her when you show me how to use this. I'm going to start saying, clean your room. Okay. okay. <laughs> Fix your bed. So to get your kids' attention. <laughs> yes. Okay, so let's start. I wasn't born to be subtle. Tell us more. What, you, what did you mean by that? So... I'm known to be direct. I worked for German companies for a long time. Uh, it's my personality. Uh, I tell you as it is, but I always do it with kindness. That's okay. the difference. Okay, right? it's authentic. 
it's authentic. You always know where you stand with me. You always know. The beautiful thing is I'll tell you how I think and what I'm feeling. And if it's negative, tomorrow I don't remember it. We always turn a negative into a positive. And, but the key thing is that you deliver the message with kindness. Okay. We, I, I think this is a shared philosophy with our platform because TikTok is all about authenticity. That's the new language for us. Uh, not necessarily uh, subtlety, but uh, yeah. So thank you for that. Uh, we'll go ahead to the next soundbite. I am hired to disrupt. You are hired <laughs> to disrupt. That's a good one. Okay, that is sometimes popular with others and not so popular with others. It depends on what they're expecting. So as I said, my pet peeve is cleaning things up and having everything very tidy. But this also applies to a PL. So I come in and my job is to make a business make money. My job is to make the team happy work together. So I'm always brought in when there's like a turnaround or a change or take a business to another level, but you can't do it without disrupting. And some people who love change, they embrace it. This part of the world loves change. You guys are disruptors, um, but you can disrupt positively, yeah. not negatively, right? And that's the key thing. I've learned how to disrupt positively. Disruption is not about firing people and changing everything. And no, it's about evolving the business in a way that now it works better for where we are today. Thank you for that. Men should cry. Men should cry. Yes. Mother of two boys, right? Okay. We talk about it all the time when they hold back their tears. Why? Let it out. As someone who's had, you know, partners, uh, who could not express themselves. So I was on AB Talks and we had a whole show about that. And I'll tell you later the, the, the cliffhanger. So men should cry because mental uh, wellness is a big thing, not just post-COVID, but always. And in this region, we've been told you shouldn't cry. You're the guy, you're mm. the tough guy. You should hold back your tears. And actually, it's not good. It's causing death. It's causing cancer. We have a lot of men who are dying from heart attacks. It's because they keep things in. Women talk to their friends. They, talk, they cry to their mothers. They, you know, they let it out. And that's the best way. God created tears for a reason. Yeah. He created them to relieve us. It's the absolute antidepressant. So I'm hoping that more and more we normalize that. And it becomes very nice. I can say as a woman... Uh, who has a partner, the, it's nice to see your partner with emotion. Mm. It doesn't make them less of a man. Okay. So what surprised me was after the AB Talks show, a lot of women wrote to me saying, I can't cry either. My mom said I should be tough and strong. So after the show, I'm going to adapt that to say men and women should cry because it turns out that women are not allowed to cry either because it's a sign of weakness and that's a and real there are, shame. There are happy tears as well. Like I, yes. uh, I'm, I'm not ashamed to admit that uh, like I cry in movies, uh, but uh, I also like... On a uh, plane? Not just on a plane, on TikTok as well, like my yeah. For You page, but like they're happy tears. So like I'm, yes. I'm, I'm a dog owner or mm. dog dad, uh, yeah. whatever you want to call it. Um, so my FYP, my For You page is full of uh, 
Cavalier King Charles and like oh, cool. uh, re- dog rescue videos and uh, yeah they make you cry but it's like you're ser- you get a serotonin boost as well sometimes so not uh, not all tears are sad tears uh, either. I'm very happy when I do cry. It's a blessing from God. Yeah. One person for was asked on the show, but do you cry about everything? Is that what you're saying? I said no. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying you need to cry about everything. But gosh, like in the, in his case, his brother died, but he wasn't allowed to cry. That's extreme for us. I think we need to do something about that. And you can always find the balance. Whenever you need a smile, you go to the sunniest place, the last sunny corner on the internet. And yes. You watch some TikTok videos. Absolutely. It's on my phone. And it's the only one that has notifications, by the way. Of all the apps, TikTok is the only one that has notifications for me. Nice, nice. Yeah. So the last soundbite from Nisreen. Great CEOs lead with empathy. Absolutely. I talked a lot about kindness. Kill it with kindness, manage with kindness. I was taught a long time ago, a very uh, pioneer in the space, Yahoo, had a chief love officer. Chief love officer. CLO. Okay. And this lovely man said to me that businesses that manage with love get to keep their people. Richard Branson said the same thing. We're an organization that cares a lot about its people. So empathy, somebody, a young uh, niece of mine said, what's the difference between sympathy and empathy? Uh, They're the same. I said, they're not the same. Empathy is when you put yourself in the other person's shoes. And to quote my late father, when one day I said something, he said, you never know what they're going through. And I never forget that. And I always say, do not comment on what they just did. You never know what they're going through. Or if they're going through something, put yourself in their shoes and say, how would I act if I were them? You'll become a lot less judgmental, a lot closer, um, and you manage things and situations very differently. People don't stay for salaries and they don't stay for raises. They stay when they know that they have managers and team members who are loving, empathetic, and so on. I love that you bring that up. We talk a lot in the workplace about uh, also the difference between niceness and kindness. And uh, like the example we give is if I'm with my wife in the cinema and we're watching a movie and I see that she's cold, I could say, oh, I'm sorry. And like, that could be nice. Or I could not say anything because I know that I had asked her to bring a jacket and she didn't, but then I take off the jacket, give it to her. That's not necessarily nice, but that's kind. So people like confuse the two together. And as you mentioned, empathy like really translates into kindness. And uh, there's, um, there's different interpretations about how it, uh, it comes to life in the workplace. So I love, I love your version of it. So Nisreen, thank you so much for the four sound bites. We're going to move now to my favorite section of the entire podcast, and it's called Roulette of the Future. And I'm going to tell you why it's my favorite. So we talked about uh, industry buzzwords earlier, and we talked about pet peeves. My personal pet peeve uh, is the way future of retail is interpreted today and said in our industry, in the region. And this is why we wanted to start this podcast in the first place. Because when you think about the future, most people imagine 2040. But the future is also next week, mm-hmm. next year, yeah. two years from now. And there are horizons to this future. Um, and it's important that as business people, we clarify and like we clearly articulate what we mean by the future. Is it a short horizon, a midterm horizon, or a longer term one? 
Um, and in this section, this is what we're going to play a game. We're going to roll the roulette. Uh, I have three topics for you that uh, should be close to your heart. Uh, and we're going to roll the roulette. Depending where the roulette lands, I'm going to ask you to imagine what the future is for that specific topic. Okay, sounds very good. We've been together at a few retail conferences, actually. Yes. And we hear people always talk about things. VR headsets. They always, yeah. <laughs> so. Web3, many other. Uh, data's the new oil and yeah. a few others that we've heard of the same ones. But I think what's really funny always is when they talk about the future, they're actually talking about the now. Yeah. So let's yeah. let's spin. So Nisreen, we're going to start. I'm going to ask you to roll the roulette. And the first topic is the retail industry in the MENA region, all yours. Ooh. Next, next week. Next week? Cool. Okay, next week, I'm very excited. Uh, next week, people will start coming back and demand will be back and everything will be good in the world and we can start uh, doing retail properly because holidays are over, uh, the summer exodus is over, so I can't wait. And we gear up to the sales season, the peak. Absolutely, uh, I want everybody back. Okay, <laughs> so the next topic is Yux uh, Neta Porte Group, wine up and the roulette is all yours. Twenty thirty. Twenty thirty. Oh, okay. I see us fully sustainable, fully circular. I see us bringing on board uh, ideas in that space that no one's done before. Um, twenty thirty. I see us uh, as a business that does not have capitals uh, like this office or that office, or uh, we really are global in every sense of the world word. Um, you, there was a question about where is the capital, but it was digital. I believe that us as a company, we're going to be a company that has, that lives all over the world, including Africa and faraway places that we were never there before. Okay. And that's even before 2030. Um, I see us moving a lot more into content okay. and uh, doing a lot of crazier things in digital content, moving away from black and white, moving away from magazine type content into a lot more creative video content for the next generation. All right. Thank you, Nisreen. We're going to move to the last topic to roll the roulette on, and that's Black Friday. Black Friday. <laughs> Okay, well... Next uh, week. <laughs> next week. Well, we are already fully ingrained in the preparation for Black Friday. So next week begun, begins the craziness and the mayhem. Everyone's back from holiday. And all we talk about is what the heck is going to happen in November. So yeah, the craziness begins. All right. Thank you, Nisreen. This was Roulette of the Future, and we'll continue moving on. So, Nisreen, we come to the very last section of our podcast. It's called Reply to Comment, which is something that you can do on TikTok. You can reply to a comment with a video, with a TikTok. Okay. Uh, so, we're going to take a video of you replying to a comment from the community. And this comment happens to be a question, and it's as follows. What is the failure that you have learned the most from? Whoa, I love that question. I failed multiple times, so that's why I love that question. For me, uh, failure was when I chased money, not a job or a career that I loved. 
and I will never repeat that mistake again or that decision again. I believe that when you join your passion and your job together, it always means success, not failure. I bought this ring. I was thinking this lady loves pearls and pearls are probably quite dull, but clearly she has a sense of humor and she turned the ring into a smiley face, right? Yeah. She probably combined like two parts of her personality, which normally could have probably just been a pearl ring, but she turned it into something that has personality. Um, so this idea of started out one day with CDs to selling blazers from CDs to blazers is this combination of two things I love. When somebody like Jay-Z is a, a designer or uh, all the famous Beyonce creates a line for Adidas and so on, this kind of combination of passions of music and fashion coming together is my, is my success moment. I love that. You know, I've always looked up to you, but today I've also discovered a lot of commonalities between what we do and between... I look up to you uh, as well. You. Thank I you. love listening to you speak. The, uh, really, like the, the platform is about inspiring creativity and bringing joy. And I find that you, you have so much joy in what you do uh, in, in this uh, career chapter. You found ways to merge your previous experience in, in entertainment with luxury fashion. You're forward looking. You continue to inspire creativity with the people you work with. And with us as well. I play. So I, I really well. like I, I, I love this. I know there's a limit to the podcast, but I feel that we can go on with this conversation, uh, you know, much longer than the duration. Thank you so much for being with us. And as for me, I'll catch you in another version <laughs> of the future in the future. Thank you so much, Nisreen Sheer. Thank it you so much. It was a lovely, lo always a pleasure. Hanging thank you out for together. thank you for having us. Uh, thank at your you. Offices. I'm sorry I took your blush blazer off but no, no. next meeting you come i want you to wear it thank you so much yeah. I will. Thank, thank you, you. Bye. it's a wrap